0: College football is a talent acquisition business, and oh boy, did the Florida Gators acquire talent in the transfer portal. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You Hi. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find my written work with Whole9Sports and si.com. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started and i want i want you guys to know this not that it adds any value but i have been doing this thing where i I just constantly keep my hand placed on my desk and i'm now realizing that it causes me to shake everything as i'm talking as you can see now like like i'm just i'm shaking it so i I want you to, to know that i don't know why i started doing that out of nowhere but I've continued to do it, and I evidently can't stop. But today we're talking about how the Florida Gators have approached the transfer portal because the way that they've done it is, is very interesting. You look at schools like TCU, who's had huge portal ads, and Oklahoma, who's had huge portal ads, and it seems as though Florida is taking a bit of a different approach. Florida is going, okay, we lost this player. We're going to replace them in the portal while also trying to replace them in the future through high school recruiting. And it seems like a lot of other schools are just like, we have an immediate need, fill it. We want to add as much talent as we can, do that. But Florida is taking a little bit of a different approach. And by the way, shout out to John Garcia for pointing this one out to me. But Florida lost Anthony Richardson to the NFL draft. They've added Graham Mertz to the transfer portal to replace him. And I will say this, because I'm, I'm going to go through who they lost and how they replaced them, but I will also say that uh, Florida lost starters or contributors, and not only look to replace them with freshmen in, in long term, but look to immediately replace them in the transfer portal. You can't always get players that are equal or better at every spot, but you've at least added stop gaps here. And that's an important part where Graham Mertz is not Anthony Richardson. He might end up being more efficient than Anthony Richardson and the passing game might improve significantly because Graham Mertz will make the simple passes that Anthony Richardson couldn't, but Graham Mertz can never make the plays with his legs that Anthony Richardson made. So you can't replace AR because AR is a unicorn. You can't replace him. However, you can do your best. And that's what Graham Mertz is a stopgap until the DJ lieway is here and ready. It's also important to know that Graham Mertz has two years of eligibility. So it is possible that Graham Mertz is here for two years. Lost Jervon Dexter to the NFL Draft. You replaced him with Cam Jackson, an all-AAC player, all-conference player. And Caleb Banks, who is more of a long-term add. He, he's kind of just a – uh, he's kind of just more of a, a a developmental type player here. You lost Ventra Miller and Amari Burney at linebacker. You've added to Roger Mitchell, Manny Nunnery, and – do Spurlock. Do Spurlock like Caleb Banks is probably more of a long term ad, whereas Taraja Mitchell immediately going to step into that Mike Linebacker role to ventral Miller left. I'm not sure if he's going to start, but he's going to step into a role. And Manny Nunnery is going to play that Amari Burney role because he played a similar role at Houston in a similar defense under Doug Belk. So you're going to see that. You lost Osiris Torrance and Ethan White. Uh, Osiris Torrance to the NFL draft, Ethan White to the transfer portal. He's now at USC. You've added Micah Muscua and Damian George, and Damian George you're going to hear twice because he's someone who can, I think he can genuinely play inside or out, so I think it's going to be, okay, you know, um, Keonta Goodman, who I'm about to talk about, isn't up to speed yet. Damian George is going to step in at right tackle because Cam, Cam Waits is also out with an Achilles injury, so he's probably going to miss the entire season. You lost Richard Garage and Michael Tarkman at tackle. You've added Keonta Goodwin from Kentucky, who last season was one of the most highly sought after offensive tackles in the country. I think he was number six tackle in the country uh, coming out of the 2022 class. He did burn his red shirt last year at Kentucky, which actually really irritates me because I'm fine with playing a player rotationally and burning their red shirt. Like if if they're not starting, but they're playing consistently and you burn their red shirt, that's fine with me. What I hate is that Kentucky burnt uh, Keontae Goodwin's red shirt playing him on special teams, and that's just moronic. He played like five offensive snaps last year but was consistently on special teams. I promise you, you had veteran depth somewhere that you could have had playing on special teams there. Or I don't know, because again, I know that when Keontae Goodwin went to Kentucky, one of his biggest things was, I feel I could play early here. I don't know if Kentucky was like, oh, yeah, special teams, and and they thought that that would be good enough to keep him, but that was just a stupid idea from Kentucky, and I hated they burned his redshirt for that. Uh, and you added Damian George, of course, again, from Alabama, who I believe could play inside or out and will likely just slot in where he's needed. So simple as that. In the backfield, you also lost Naquan Wright and Lorenzo Lingard, who neither of them were major contributors by even the halfway point in the season. And you've added Cameron Carroll out of Tulane, who I know that there's a lot of Gators fans and a lot of Gators media that is like, okay, well, Cam Carroll's your third running back. He's not going to play much. I will bring back the same point that I brought up when he committed to Florida, which was I feel like he is going to play. I think he's, I don't know how much he's going to play, but I think he's going to play on a weekly basis because he is a pass catching bat. Like, that's what he, he, he's not necessarily even really a dual threat back. He's like James White, where it's like, we're going to run the ball with you. And James White, of course, used to be at the Patriots. If you, if you're not remembering that, um, or Darren Sproles, where it's like, we're not really going to run the ball with you that much. We will eventually, or we will sporadically just, just to make defenses trust that, Hey, we will run the ball with him right now. Um, but, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a big part in the, in the running game. I think he's going to be a big part in the passing game because here's the thing. Also, you are losing the running ability that grammar that uh, Anthony Richardson gave you and Merch does not have. So your passing attack needs to be more effective. It needs to be more efficient. So you bring in a running back like Cam Carroll and you say, okay, we're going to throw the ball to you because that's what you're really good at. And I spoke about this with John Garcia a few weeks ago when we were talking about, uh, I'm sorry if, I, if I'm if i screwing up who we were talking about. I think it was Anthony Carey. Um, and we were talking about him as, as kind of a dual threat back. And it made me ask, you know, is, is Florida just not interested in throwing the ball to running backs? Or did they not trust Naquan Wright and Lorenzo Lingard last year? So their selling point is, we want to throw the ball to running backs. We just didn't have a guy that we wanted to throw to. So Cam Carroll will answer that question, and also his involvement in the offense will probably impact recruiting if you're a running back that's known as a pass catcher because it's no longer we didn't have one of our guys who could be a pass catcher because now you've brought in your guy who's a pass catching back. So how are you going to use him? Because if you come in here and you don't use him at all and you don't throw the ball to him, what are you going to say? Ah, yeah, we screwed up the evaluation. We thought he was better than he was, uh, even though he's a pass-catching back. We didn't want to throw the ball to him too much because we screwed that up. And if I'm a a high school running back and I'm looking at Florida, I'm going to go, I don't want to play for you then. Because you you came in here and you're like, okay, we didn't have our guy. That could be a pass-catching back. And then you brought in your guy and didn't use him still. How do I know you're going to use me right? So I do think Cam Carroll will have kind of a larger role on recruiting than people realize. And I will say again, I think Cameron Carroll will be used as a pass catcher. I'm not saying that, oh, like this is his role. I think he will be used as a pass catcher, and I think that this coaching staff wants to use him as a pass catcher. Yesterday, we talked about the cornerback room. Today, we're going to talk about the safety room. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel because the NFL playoffs are here. The Super Bowl is this Sunday. And we at Lockdown are really excited about our new sports betting partner because it's the number one sports sportsbook in America – FanDuel. And I'm going to let you guys know this now. I'm going I'm to let you in on the skinny because I've already placed my bet. In fact, I'm, I'm going to find what the odds were on it because I placed my bet yesterday on FanDuel when I saw that line became available and it was total number of players to have a pass attempt. I took over two and a half at plus 154 odds. So if I put $100, then I profit $154. I, I get a total return of $254. $254. I placed that bet because here's the thing. I know Nick Sirianni. I know Shane Steichen. I know Andy Reid. And I know Eric Biennium. And I know the players that they have there. They have Kadarius Toney can throw passes. They have Travis Kelsey can throw passes. We, used to, we know the Philly special was a thing. I I totally feel like Philly's going to bring that back to the Super Bowl. So do that. New customers can join, place a $5 bet, and receive $150 in free bets, win or lose. Sign up at FanDuel dot com slash locked on thanks again for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and now like i mentioned yesterday we talked about the corner room today we're talking about the safety room we're doing it the same way right now we're talking about returning safeties and next segment we'll talk about new additions to the safety room which significantly less than uh than corners but still we're going to talk about it so first name that we're going to talk about is Miguel Mitchell. And I'm bringing up Miguel Mitchell because I want you to know this right now. and I want you to hear this right now. I understand that last year, Miguel Mitchell primarily played the star role, okay? The expectation, and if you listened yesterday, you know what I mean when I'm saying the expectation should be, just wink, wink. The expectation for 2023 should be Miguel Mitchell as one of the starting safeties on the back end that that should be the expectation that Miguel Mitchell should be one of these starting safeties in 2023. I've been hearing awesome things about him from inside and yeah, the expectation is that he should be a starting safety and I'll, I'll even let you in on this. Um, I'll I'll let you in on this. I was told Miguel Mitchell is probably our best safety right now. That's what I told. That's what I was told. So Miguel Mitchell Welcome, because you're probably going to be starting safety in 2023 because you've earned that. Like, like that's what I'm hearing, is that Miguel Mitchell is probably our best safety right now. So, Florida Gators fans, I know he played star last year. I know that I spent a while saying, okay, start him at star next year. Mm-mm. The, uh, apparently, right now, the plan is to start him at safety. So, get used to hearing Miguel Mitchell there. And the other guy that we're going to talk about right now is Kamari Wilson, who is probably who many people thought – is our best safety right now, but no, uh, highly touted safety out of IMG didn't play nearly as much as myself and other Gators fans expected. He didn't play as much as we expected, which I really think goes to show how difficult it is to play safety in this defense, because I've said it safety and linebackers. You're asked to do more than anybody else in this defense. That's a tall task, especially for a true freshman like Kamari Wilson to come in. And Miguel Mitchell played star more than anything else. So he didn't even come do it. Um, but Kamari Wilson is someone that I do think will get playing time this year. I do think he will start this year. I know that Miguel Mitchell is getting high praise because what you start two safeties, Kamari Wilson, I think will be the other one. I I, I think that that's something that he's going to start. at. I think he's, it's a role he's going to thrive at. I think that he struggled or not even think I know that he struggled at points in 2022 he did make some plays where I was like okay those are flashes of being a genuinely good SEC safety maybe even genuinely great SEC safety like you look at um, I think it was the Eastern Washington game which yeah I know Eastern Washington take it with a grain of salt but there was one play where if I'm not mistaken, he lit up the receiver over top and the dude held on to it, but it was a great play by Kamari Wilson. And then sometimes, you know, you can make a great play and sometimes other guys make a, make a better play. And I think that's what happened. But Kamari Wilson is someone who I do think flashed potential of being very, very good. And I think that with this off season under his belt and getting starter snaps for most of the off season, most likely assuming he remains healthy you're looking at someone who can genuinely contribute to this defense as a starting safety and genuinely make big plays. So I'm looking forward to it. Whether or not he starts, he's going to play a significant number of snaps. Simple as that. Kamari is going to be a contributor to this defense in 2023. The last player to talk about that was in this, uh, it was in this secondary last year and I think should be considered for a starting safety spot, Jadarius Perkins. I'm not high on Jadarius Perkins. I know that I know that uh, yesterday I tweeted out, you know, what would Gators fans like about this potential secondary, or, or how would you feel about this potential secondary? And I left Jadarius Perkins off of it, which by the way, I know I've shared the tweet a million times. I'm going to do that with multiple position groups throughout this time. So he'll be on there eventually. And I left him off there because I'm not high on Jadarius Perkins. I'm not at all. I I, I don't think he's great at star. And I got comments. Why isn't Jadarius Perkins a star? He's flashed enough. Here's the thing. No, he didn't. Simple as that. Jadarius Perkins has been mid for two years, is what I'll say. And I don't like using mid, but he's been mid for two years. He's been more of a star player this far. I don't think that's his spot. I think Jadarius Perkins will be better at safety than he was at star. Will he be good? Will he be great? I don't know. But guess what? He's average at best at star. Move him back get him to safety and just let him make plays and be like, okay, dude, that's what you're doing now. Because I I, I genuinely don't think that he's a starter quality star player in this defense, but I do think that you can put him in at safety and say, this is where you're going to thrive. You are one of the most experienced, actually, if I'm not mistaken, he is the most experienced player in the secondary. Now, just in terms of of years in in school, Uh, this is going to be his third year in Gainesville. He was at, at Juco before that. So, yeah, Jadarius Perkins, play safety. You're the most experienced guy. You should get this down, Pat. Do it and, and see how you do there. We're about to talk about the new additions to the safety room. There, there's two guys that we're going to talk about. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks again. Make lock your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're talking about the new additions to the safety room. And there's two players that we're talking about that I am – Excited isn't the word. Like, I am freaking stoked about them. That's what I'm going to say. I'm freaking stoked. And those are not words that I usually use, but that's what I'm using for them. First up is Jordan Castell, six foot two, 195 pounds. That's elite size. And he's got a skill set that can step in and contribute immediately for this Florida Gators defense. And it's an interesting one because in college at West Orange, he did play a lot of corner, like like outside corner, not nickel, outside corner. But I think that's a big plus for him. And I've spent damn near two years now. Uh, I took over lock On Gators on April 1st. And I have, since April 1st, been asking for Trey Dean to be used in a very specific way. I've said, play man coverage, let him be that guy that is a tight end eraser. I wanted this especially against Georgia and Utah because no team uses the tight ends as much as those two. So I've said, let him line up and be an eraser of the tight end. Against Utah, he wasn't. Like, he wasn't asked to do it. Against Georgia, he was asked to do it at times, and Georgia was arguably the best game we saw Trey Dean play. I know Brock Bowers made that sick catch down the sideline. I think like near like the three yard line or something like that. And it was a hell of a play. And that was one of those times, like I mentioned earlier, you'll see a guy make a great play. Sometimes someone else just makes a better play. Like Trey Dean was blanketing Brock Bowers on that play. And Brock Bowers just made one hell of a play. I think Jordan Castell can do what we wanted Trey Dean to do. I think Jordan Castell can be what we wanted Trey Dean to be. And I, I think Jordan Castell can do that early. Like he again, 6'2, 195, experience playing outside corner. He showed up to camps and, and he lined up in man coverage in one on ones and one reps against wide receivers. He's a freak of nature. Let him line up against, line, against tight ends and annihilate them, and eliminate them, and erase them, and and let him be that guy, because I promise you he can be. And he played in a defense that asked him to do a lot. Let him do a lot. Like, like let him be that. He might not be ready to do it in 2023 at the SEC level, but he can do it. Like, like his ceiling is freaking insane. Like, his ceiling is ridiculous. Let him step in and be that guy. And the other safety that's being brought in here, Bryce Thornton the complete opposite of Jordan Castell physically. he He's 5'10", he's 185. So he, he's not this insane physical anomaly, but what Bryce Thornton does really well, and I think I'm higher on him than most people are, is that he is so damn smart. And he is so good at just making plays. And Bryce Thornton can do that. I don't think we'll see much of him in 2023. I know Jordan Castell, I'm like, oh, we might not see him much in 2023. Bryce Thornton, I don't think we will see much in 2023. But we'll get to see him play ball at some point. And if Florida doesn't like what anybody at star presents them with, I think if you're going to be like, oh, hey, we're going to move a safety to star like like Florida likes to do, do it with Bryce Thornton. You could do it with Jordan Castell, but I think Jordan Castell could genuinely be a great safety. I think Bryce Thornton will be a good safety that might be better at star. And I hate saying move this guy to star. I do. I hate saying that. I think you just find a guy who already plays in the nickel and already plays in the nickel well. But I think Bryce Thornton could be a guy that can benefit from that transition. Prototypically, he's short for a safety. Prototypically, his arms are short for a safety. Prototypically, he's not an amazing athlete. But we've seen guys who aren't amazing athletes, who aren't great sizes for, for safety or corner. And we've seen them step into star and win because of their mindset, their attitudes, win because of their IQ. Hell, look at Kenny Moore for the Indianapolis Colts. Kenny Moore, the second, is arguably the best slot defender in the NFL. And guess what? He's not an amazing size for an NFL safety or corner. He's not. Uh, Look at, hell, look at uh, Tyrann Matthew. Not a great size, but he can do it. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. If I'm not mistaken, Bryce Thornton was the one that John Garcia was talking about when he was like, "Oh, like, like this guy could be a star. He could do everything." And he, uh, yeah, he was talking about Bryce Thornton. And he was just like, "Think of a Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Like, yeah, bring in that attitude, that tenacity, and that IQ, and let him make plays at star. Let him make plays in the nickel." You know, Chauncey Gardner johnson even when he was playing outside corner and he was lining up out there, when I evaluated him for the draft, I put slot. He was the first player that I ever evaluated, and I was like, I know he doesn't play in the nickel. He's going to play in the nickel in the NFL, and he's going to be damn good at it. Uh, and, and so he's the reason that I started evaluating players as slot. I did the same thing with Julian Love, who plays safety now, but I still think he'd be better in the slot. So Bryce Thornton is a guy where – I'm generally against saying, okay, move him to star. Bryce Thorn might be that guy, and that's fine. Like That's not an insult. Star is an amazing position. It's incredibly difficult, and I know that I've told the story before, but I tried playing in the nickel. Nope, couldn't do it. it. It's hard as hell to do. It's probably the hardest position to play in the secondary. So, Bryce Thornton, if you can do it, do it. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free review listen to podcast. We'll be back to talk more Florida Gators football tomorrow. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, right there, baby. All about the swamp. For locked on gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find by work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants si.com And I'll see you all tomorrow.